Hey, this is David Beckham, and you're listening to From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hey, everybody, Matt here. Uh, I have a really awesome guest today, David Beckham. I'm actually here at Sync in Florida, and we're actually sitting in my condo. Um, and David and I messaged back and forth, and I was like, you got to come over and record a podcast, because if you guys don't follow him online, you need to. His senior photography is probably some of the best in the industry. And David, we met probably, what I'd say five years ago, five, six years ago at, Se- at Seniors Ignite, and we've been following each other ever since. So um, obviously, I know you for your senior photography, but share with the audience, you know, kind of what they wouldn't know about you by following you, or you know, where you're from and stuff like that as well. I've got a studio that I opened in 2009 in Pickerington, Ohio, which is right outside of Columbus, Ohio. Go Bucks. I had to say that. When I opened it, I was doing every kind of photography possible because I was trying to eat. Now I do just seniors. And I say just seniors and I do some other things, but seniors is all I market. My website, my my uh, social media is all seniors. I focus on a fashion styled of senior photography. So it's kind of cutting edge as far as that goes. And I found that that separated me from the locals and allowed me to be profitable and, and have a good time doing it. Yeah. So when I look at your photography, what I think of is I see uh, like just good lighting. You know, I think your lighting stands out and I think that's what pushes you above the market. You know, like you said, you know, it may be like a little edgy. I don't even know if the word the word is edgy or not, but um, you know, definitely lighting so that looks it looks modern and current, um, and definitely doesn't look like a mom tog type thing. I hate, I hate uh, too much flash. So I developed even before the high speed sync and the cool technology they have now. I was using Alien Bees and using them at the lowest power possible with filters on my soft boxes so that I could control the light as low as possible so that I could shoot with a great depth of field a long time ago. And now that the new technology is out there, it makes it even easier. But I want to make all of my photos look like perfect ambient light, not like flash. Yeah, and I, and I can see the flash in your photography because I see the catch light. I see some of the, the shadows, you know and how you're lighting, you using loop light and stuff like that. But I wouldn't say it looks super flashy at all. That's my goal. I don't, I want people to think, how is he doing that? That's what I want people to think. And that's my number one question from other photographers. How are you doing that? And I always say, just come to my workshop and I'll show you. Right. Yeah. To the trained eye, I can definitely see it, but it looks really, really good. All right. So let's jump into the main part of the podcast and what I want you to do is kind of tell the audience what's working now for you um, in your business. I mean, we talked about how strong your lighting technique is and stuff like that, but when you think about your business or you think about your photography, what is working now for you? I think, and I'm, and I'm saying this from my perspective because I know it works. I post great photos on all my social media. I don't post goofy memes. I don't post a lot of personal stuff. I post great photos. And I think that 
helps separate me from everyone else. They don't come to my site and see what my grandkids are doing or what my dog's doing. They come to my site and see what I'm doing and who I'm photographing. I think I have a good handle on having my models because most of the people I post are my reps. So I've got 40 people that I post mostly. I post everyone, all my clients, but mostly I'm posting my reps. So it's a very fashion forward. It's different. It's good lighting. It's cool. I'll experiment um, on my, especially on Instagram and, and, and my website. Now my story, I'll get a little more personal, a little goofy, but on my main stuff where people are going to see my work, I want to put the best that I got out there every time. And so I think that's just a really good lesson in terms of branding in general, because you're, you're making a conscious decision to use Instagram as a, you know, as a place to brand yourself. And you're like, I'm not going to brand myself as a dog owner. I'm not going to brand myself as all these other things. I'm going to brand myself as a good photographer that ha- that photographs amazing people and like you said experiment and stuff like that was so that you're putting not average stuff out there because you're not just p- posting like average session stuff right i don't do a lot of behind the scenes i don't do that kind of stuff people can get to know me through other ways but i'm focusing on my work as my primary primary way of attracting people that's awesome all right so I love that. But so let's talk let's kind of switch gears real quick and just talk about where you kind of see the industry going in general or not necessarily where you see it going but like what are, what are you fired up about in the industry right now? I I work with a lot of young photographers that I meet and I go out of my way to meet them. They speak in terms of community, the word community. They use the word community. Now, they're building their empires through growth, through social media in a way that I'm just learning from them. I like the way that they're eager to give back and meet other people and do things. I think it's fresh from the old, how do I get a $4,000 sale? How do I get a $3,000 sale? Now, I understand we have to get the $3,000 sales to make a living, but I like I like the the new way of approaching photography. Um, I talk to people that have no clue about lighting, and they're producing great things. And they're doing it through post-processing versus getting it right in the camera. Both are equally powerful in the finished image. And, and I, like, I like that. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's refreshing for me. And we talk, Kai and I talk a lot on this podcast about how we're, you know, the industry holds certain things true. And I liked how you said, like, it can be done multiple ways in different ways. Cause you hear some of these people that have been in the industry for a long time and they're like, it has to be right out of the camera. It has to be this has to be that. And I, sometimes I just think that's not necessarily true as long as it's right for the customer. I hear people my age complaining about how, you know, it's so hard to do things with all these young people that don't know what they're doing. They're putting out bad product, blah, blah, blah. I've had the best year ever this last year. Every single year I've been in business, I've had growth because I'm not listening to the negative. I'm looking at new ways to do new things to reach new people. And if we fall behind because we're trying to sit on what we've done for the last 10 years that used to be successful, we're going to keep falling behind. Yeah, and so what I, I, what I don't hear a lot of people talking about in our in our industry that I think you're, ta- you're, you're talking about that I hear a lot like in the marketing industry is when the marketing industry, we talk a lot about how 
you like the market dictates what is good, what's bad, what's successful, what's not successful. You don't hear a lot of people in our industry saying that's successful because the market says so. They, a lot of people say, yes, that's good. Yes, that's bad. Not from the customer standpoint, but from like the industry in like norms. Does that make sense? Like that's good lighting. That's bad lighting. That's good sales. That's bad sales. That's a good business model. That's a bad business model where the truth is good in, in some aspects good lighting is dictated by the market like if people are buying that or not bad lighting is dictated by the market if if it looks bad to the consumer then that's bad in a sense it's bad we we know as professionals what good and bad lighting is so the lighting may not be the best example but also lighting the, let me let me yeah. interrupt there lighting's a great example because when kids started taking selfies 10 years ago they took selfies now they all know what lighting is. They all know. And they know in my studio, the window light's amazing. So if they're going to take a selfie, it's not going to be in the back. It's going to be up front where they can get the great window light. They know how to park their car in the right direction to get wind, the right lighting. Lighting matters to kids now. Yes. And, and good lighting in the finished product matters to them now too, where 10 years ago when everybody was a photographer shooting and burning or, or doing whatever they were doing, lighting didn't. Now it does. And, and even now with the new iPhone X with their, did you just bokeh out my kid? Yeah, what right, kind right. of person bokeh's out, bokeh's out a kid? You know? <laughs> yes, yes. So th- they all know what bokeh means. Yes. You know? Th- yes. That the 16 and 17 year olds do, their parents don't. They right. don't have a clue. And the photographers all do because we all think it's funny when the ad came out. But, but they get it. Now they come into my studio and they see it and they see I've been mastering that for the last 10 years already. Now I'm popular. Yeah. Now I'm what they want because I can get that look f- with real photos that they can print on the wall or do whatever yeah. else they want to do. All with. right. You ready for my million, million dollar idea? You're welcome to take this and run with it because you actually might because you're such a go-getter. If anybody out there is listening and they steal this idea, all I ask is that when you name the product, you put like MH like in the, the, the name of the product or something like that. So you, I know it was from me. I don't need any money unless you make a billion then send me hundred thousand but i want to make a backdrop that attaches behind the your like behind you in the car so it just stretches in front of your seats like just a black thing that just fills in your car it's kind of dome shape it goes right to your shoulders so when they when you do a selfie it can be a black or gray or white background and you don't see the back of the car well, it would anymore. have to be what what's that 17 percent gray or something right, exactly <laughs> yeah but I, but i think if you could find one just like that velcros in yes, the car that, that would that, be perfect that yeah. would be awesome so anyways that's my that's my million idea the million dollar idea i'll never execute on Okay, so um, let's jump into the lightning round real quick. I mean, we're way ahead of time, so we got plenty of time to talk about these. We don't have to go fast. Um, so tell me again, how long have you been a full-time photographer? Full-time since 2009. Started my first senior I did in 2001, but I was doing other things. Okay, so when you think back to those, that time, what, what was holding you back from being a full-time photographer? When I first started, I wanted to be good enough. So that was my goal, was to be good enough. So the th- getting over the hump that I'm good enough was probably holding me back more than anything. Um, and what one, did that mean for you? When you say good enough, was it like photography skills or business skills or all the above? Well, definitely. Well, first was the photography skills. The business skills, 
I'm intelligent. I, you know, took business classes as I, I was an engineer before I was anything, and I was a youth pastor after that. So I had the people skills. I had the business skills. The photography skills is what I needed to learn on. So for me, it was making sure I had the photography and then figuring out how to run the business before I went full time. That makes sense. And I, I, what's interesting to me, and I, I guess just because I'm on the business side and my wife Allison is on the photography side, like I didn't have to go through a lot of that. Like, are we good? In, like photography skills, are you good enough? I just always thought she was good enough. So I pushed her into owning her own business. But yeah, I can see why that would really hold people back. I mean, cause yeah, if you, if you, if confidence is so important in everything in life, but especially in business, but not just confidence. I had to be able to sell it to make enough money to live off of where, when I was an engineer, it was easy money, you know, to make a ton of money. It was easy. But then I became a youth pastor. So I learned how to be poor and after being poor, it was easy to go into a bit, learn how to run a business yeah. and be poor for a little while. <laughs> right. That, that makes a lot of sense. That's hilarious. Um, I could totally see like, yeah, it's just like a different perspective. And you're like, well, there's not much more room down than here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm already eating saltine crackers. So like if my business doesn't work out, I'm right where I am. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So if you had a thousand dollars right now, and so, so we're at Sync in Florida, and you had a thousand dollars, and you were going maybe to the trade show or anything. What would you buy that's photography related? Like, what do you think is important to buy? So this is kind of advice for other people that may be, you know, spending money or what? What do you think is important for you? Marketing. I've got all the equipment I need, and and I could get by with. A good photographer can shoot with anything. I keep hearing that as I preach Sony and these people that are afraid to to actually try this new technology, you know, their first comment is, you know, a good photographer can shoot with anything. You must not be a good photographer if it took you Sony to be one or something like that. Right. So for me, I don't need the equipment. Um, the marketing is what I need to spend my money on because I know the way I market it it brings me new clients. Yeah. Well, the goal is right. You you spend a thousand dollars on marketing, and it brings you back ten thousand dollars. You know, that's kind of that's the ultimate goal. So um, people can reference back. I'll tell you the story. I don't know if you heard the the episode that we recorded with Jeff Richardson, but he actually sold all of his Nikon equipment and uh, switched to Sony, and then like shot it for like three weeks. So like, imagine this: he sells all of his Nikon equipment for pennies on the dollar, switches to Sony, pays full price for it, shoots it for a couple weeks, couldn't stand the digital viewfinder because, you know, he's been shooting for so long, couldn't stand it, sold all of his Sony stuff then for pennies on the dollar, went back and bought all new Nikon equipment again. And uh, he's the only one I've ever heard of that actually, like, made the switch and just could not handle it, you know? It's really interesting. But everybody else that seems like they made the switch to Sony really loves it. So what were you shooting before, by the way? I shot Canon uh, 5D3 was my... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody says that. See, we shoot Nikon, so I don't know what that. But everybody I talk to that is thinking about leaving Canon to go to Sony talks about just the misfocusing. Yeah. Well, and and the Nikon people, it's the same. What I've heard. What I like about the Sony was I miss zero. Right, because you have eye autofocus. Right. And so it just nails it every Continuous. time. Continuous. Yeah. And it's to the point where I don't, I took a 
three uh, three step ladder a three-step step ladder yeah. everywhere. So if I wanted to change my point of view, I would just climb on that ladder to shoot down at them. Now I just have to raise it up and point it down at them and flip the little monitor so I can see what I'm shooting. I see the little green square on their eye. I know I'm going to nail the shot. Yeah, that's it's, so interesting. It almost like they almost removed a whole element. Like that wasn't that important to us in photography. Like having a sharp image was important. But it wasn't part of the creative process. It was like something that as you were doing the creative shot, you had to think like technically and then go back to creative. And it, they almost just like removed it for right. us. Right. And so now I can be creative. Yeah. I can frame it anywhere. There's no, there's no more setting the focus and then reframing. Right. Because, right. because you can focus anywhere in the, in the picture. It, it finds the eye, whether it's on the corner or in the middle, whatever. So for me... There's no comparison. Now, there's some color issues people talk about. I kind of like the Sony color. If there's anything I'm going to say negative about it, it's the, the you know, the viewfinder. But, yeah, you know, you it's did. the finish shot that matters, not what you're seeing before yeah, you shoot it. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a super good tangent because, just to remind everybody, we started with you'd spend $1,000 on marketing, but... So, okay, so then I give you that same $1,000. What would you not buy it on? Like, what would just come off the list instantly? You're like, I'm not going to spend it in this area. I mean, I just spent a ton on equipment, so I don't need to spend it on yeah. equipment. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel that way for sure. Like, I'm not a big guy about spending money on equipment. Let me tell you, I'll tell you a story real quick. So before I started in the, the portrait business, I, Allison and I worked at a camera store in Denver, and that's how we met, and we ended up getting married, and you know, it's a wonderful love story, David. It's a wonderful love story. <laughs> but um, I, I met a lot of photographers that would come to us, you know, and buy equipment or back in the day, drop off film, but, you know, buy digital equipment as well. And I just saw some of the most successful ones not shooting the nicest cameras and some of the guys that just were really struggling shooting the really nice stuff. So I've always had this mental thing where it's like, it's not about the equipment, you know? And so when I'm asked this question, you know, what would you not spend the thousand dollars on? I just wouldn't rush out and buy equipment because I think you can be successful with a lot of different gear. Yeah, the, the, the if you're not doing quality photography, better equipment isn't going to help you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then to the same token, better editing things aren't going to help you either. So, so the thousand I would spend if I'm the thousand for me right now is marketing. The thousand for me ten years ago was education. Yeah, go find someone that you know is better than you and learn from them. Simple. Right. I mean, I go spend time with Gary Box and Craig Stidham because they're going to make me a better photographer. I'm going to do that. Ben Shirk. I'm going to hang out with Ben Shirk. I'm going to learn how to be a better photographer. Now. That's how I get better every year. And when I come to sync, you bet I'm going to every single class because I want to be a better photographer, a better marketer. I'm doing all of that. Yeah. So every time I teach somewhere or when I go to imaging, I'm going to learn from someone else. Yes. You know, Dan McClanahan, I sat through his class to learn how he does lighting, how he does stuff, because that's going to make me better. The best money you can spend starting out is on education, not on equipment. Yeah. And what I think is really cool is that you know, because you and I have followed each other and been around each other, I don't know, five, six, seven years now, is that you learn from all these people, but I don't see you chasing like their style, right? Like you're, you're very true to yourself. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to go learn from Dan McClanahan. 
and just see what he has to offer. And I'm going to figure out how to add that to what I'm doing where I see other photographers, like they'll go to Dan's class and they'll shoot like Dan for six months. And then they'll go to like Amanda Holloway's class and shoot like Amanda for six months, you know? Um, so I think you got to learn from those people, but that doesn't mean chase yeah. exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Figure out if what they're doing can enhance your style. Yeah. The thing that separates me is my style. Yep. And exactly. that's, that is, and is when I tried to be like Ken Smith, Ken, and if, Ken Smith has built an empire in senior photography 30 years ago, probably more than that, 40 years ago. And I was in awe of his work, and his studio is two miles from me. So so here I am trying to be like him but cheaper. I can't do that. There's just no way. If people want him, they'll go to him. So as soon as I started doing my style of work, we both exist in the same vicinity. His his studio, he's not there anymore, but his studio is still there, and they're still very successful. I'm successful, and we're two miles apart. So so because you're good because letting, I'm not yeah doing what he's doing. I'm doing what Dave Beckham's let, doing, and you're letting the market choose your style versus right. his style or his business. Yeah, absolutely. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so what was the best? What's the best advice you've ever received? In life or in photography, either one. If you have both, let me go. Give us let both. me go. Let me go. Life, because okay. this one's. I'm an art guy. I've always been an art guy, and in college, I went to Bowling Green. I was in a product design degree, so I was. I learned some photography. I learned some art. I learned some. I wanted to design toys. That was my goal. So here I am in this art class, which should be the easiest classes for me, and they were the easiest classes for me. And I would wait to the last minute and then throw together the project and know it would be good enough. And so I did this one project, and I and I literally waited till the night before. I spent four hours putting this project together. I turn it in, and I was happy with it. I wasn't thrilled, but yeah. I knew it would be good enough. It was probably better than 80% of the classes. I get it back, and I got an F. From your professor. Right. And his comment was, if you spent as much time on your projects as you did on your excuses, you'd be my best student. <laughs> and you may have actually been one of his best producing students, but he was looking at the big picture. And the big picture was he knew I could do better. And to me, that changed the way I approached everything I did. Don't look for a reason to get by. Look for a reason to do your best. Well, yeah, and it's so interesting. I mean, I used to be a school teacher, and if you ever listen to Seth Godin talk about public education and what it trains you to do, and it trains you to like procrastinate and it trains you to like do things the last minute or just do just enough to get the grade you want. So if you want to be a C student, you just do enough to get a C. It trains you to do that. And it sounds like you had that mentality and then he called you out on it, which is huge. Well, I would just coast on the things I knew I was good at and then, you know, put in enough effort you know, to get by. And this was one of those classes. It was going to be an easy A, it was going to be an easy GPA booster, blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't going to let it be a GPA yeah, booster he, he wanted when you he gives me an F hours. on this big yeah, project. More than four well, he hours. didn't know how much time I spent. But he, but just, he knew it was probably not as much <laughs> right, as he could have. Yeah. Right. So my best, um, the best advice with business um, was recent. Um, from Jessica Robertson. I think you're going to do a podcast yeah, with her. She, yeah, she, I she, met she her here last year at Sync. Changed just just reinventing my pricing and and uh, 
sales process has has helped me grow tremendously. So that would be my most recent. And I spent a day with her at her studio, watching how she runs her business. And I changed the way I do thing, and and my sales have gone up eight hundred. $800 a person. So That's awesome. it's been great. Yeah. No, I've never really spent any time with her. And I posted in a, in the sync Facebook group and I was like, Hey, who wants to do a podcast? We're here. And she jumped in and was like, yeah. And I was like, and I, I'd seen her from afar, but I've really never dug in and know that much about her. So I'm really excited to get to know her more. So this, you'll, you'll enjoy working yeah, with her. I just, there's so many people I want to get to know this. I mean, we've, I've been here years and years now. And just like every time I come, I'm like, okay, I want to get to know that person better. I want to get to know that person. Better. Well, I'm like, going to put a shameless plug in for Jessica and I are running a workshop yeah. too this year. We did one last October. It went very, very well. We're doing one in May as well. Yeah. So, so no, take a second. Um, we'll, we can come back to the last couple of questions. But I, you, before we got uh, on the air here, you were talking about you're doing a couple workshops. Feel free to plug them. So you got one coming up with Gary Box. Yeah, and that's not officially announced yet. So you heard it here well, first, right? Well, this is a scoop. What is that? We dun dun dun. Well, this will this will actually come out published after you tell everybody at okay, Sync. Well, so. then it would have been a scoop. Um, <laughs> Gary Box and I are doing a workshop in July at his studio in Oklahoma. Um, it's going to be a weekend uh, weekend set. Um, you'll you'll be able to find it on my website, his website. Yeah, it'll we, be on both of our it'll be on both of our education sites. I have an education site called Ask David um, on Facebook as well, and we do a lot of stuff there. I'm doing a workshop with Jessica Robertson. Uh, that one's in May, and we'll link all these in the show notes too. So just give me links for yeah, this stuff. Okay, we will. And then I'm doing a Thomas Wynn and a new young hot photographer Logan Deddy. You got to look him up. Um, us three are doing a shootout in April. So that one's coming up close. We're doing that out of my studio in, in Pickerington, Ohio. So that should be fun. I'm going to be speaking up in the Twin Cities with the Twin Cities PPO up there. I'm going to do a thing up there. What else have I got? You got a lot going on. Yeah, I'll be I'll be in Minneapolis. Plus workshops. Yeah, I'll be Plus in Minneapolis Plus I do too. four workshops out of my studio, small group, six-person workshops. Cool. Um, so tell me the name of the guy, the, the young guy up and coming. Logan Deddy. Yeah, because we were talking before we got on the air about you just thought he had such amazing character and stuff. And so I have this idea. I'm going to pose this idea. It would be cool to get him. And then my favorite person, my favorite young photographer on Instagram is Wynn Wiley. You put them in a room together and let them host a workshop and talk about like new different ideas. Brandon Warfel too. Yeah, just cool he's, guys, he's, man. Yeah, their their work is so creative, so different, so so fun. Yeah, fun is the answer. And what's interesting is like they they do a lot. They don't they don't do a ton of marketing from what I see, like traditional marketing because their following is so strong and their personality comes out in their work so much that people just gravitate towards them. And I think that's so cool. Like it'd be cool to have this, a couple of those guys in a, just give them time on a stage and explain what they're trying to do. And it would just, it would blow everyone's mind. I think because I see the old and the new and the, you know, I, I can relate well with young people and I relate well with people my age. I'm 59 and I hear all the negatives that people my age that have been in the business 40 years are saying. And I think if we just open our eyes to what is fresh and what is new, and I think the industry's got a bright future. 
But it's got to change to get there. I totally agree. We can't do it the way we've always done it. We just can't do it that way anymore. Well, because the market has changed. You know, the market's shifting under our feet, and you can't just stay the course that you've always done. What worked in 2001 does not work in 2019, not even close. Okay, so let's move on. What is one personal habit you think contributes to your success? Customer. No, I don't want to say customer. I develop a relationship with every senior I photograph. And I can develop it quickly. I've got a gift. God's given me gifts. That's one of the gifts I have. I'm very good with young people. I can connect quickly. I can work with them. And I know that's I know that's my biggest asset. Yeah. So then when they leave, they talk about you and they felt comfortable and like they're you're getting better images. But then when they leave, they're like this David guy's cool. Like we. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, yes, I, think that's really I know important. that's I know that's big for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So the next two questions are about you know, internet resources that people could look up in books. And so before we got on the podcast, I said, do you have a book that you can recommend? And you said this funny thing. You said, I only read, I don't read books. I only, I only read one a decade. And you said you're 59 and whatever. So you only have I'm 59 <laughs> and I haven't read my book yet for this decade. Yeah. So, so you're not going to recommend necessarily a book, which I think is hilarious because we, we asked, uh, Vicky Tafer, uh, the same thing. And she was like, I, I don't read books. Like she's like, I have Jeb re- read them and tell me about them. And I thought it was hilarious. Well, I've, I've got this great book idea I want to do. And, and people tell me I should write a book all the time, but I don't read books. So I really don't think I'm qualified to write books, but then, but that could be, the, you that could be, might you could be, be my, that might be my thing. You could be that the best be author, author out there because like <laughs> all these, we're sick of hearing all these authors write books of that because they're authors like to have an unpolished one may be exactly what we need. Okay. So if you were like, what's one place like a, an internet resource that you go to for either inspiration or tools or something like that? I used to go to 500 picks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Archer is very yes. inspirational to me Yes, and he made his whole infamy from 500 picks yes it's getting a little sleazy now so it's not yeah it's getting it's, a little risque and it yeah and it's not what it i used like to it be. i like his style because it seems very window light-esque you know on the left hand side and stuff like that and it's a little risque but i mean it's it's strong oh, photography it's yeah and there's other there's other photographers on there too i like emily soto that's where i first saw her was on there and she's a phenomenal fashion photographer uh there's a couple other ones from russia that i can't pronounce their names that i follow from there but that was my that was my inspiration and and as much for not so much how it's lit but what the finished product looked like that that led me um the posing stuff i i see on there is pretty cool too but i just like the creativity yeah that's really interesting you say that because i remember i haven't used that resource in a long time so i remember when photo dot net was like the place to go right and that was probably like 2006 7 and everybody went to photo.net and then it switched over to 500 px and um, a lot of those photographers moved over and it was a little bit easier to use you know just a better site was it run by the same people i don't know if it was oh. or not but it just seemed like everybody kind of there gravitated. used to be one called it was a critique site it's i'm gonna make a joke because there used to be hot or not where you remember you no, used to, no, you used to th- thumb this up and thumb isn't down a, people. Remember that from 2006? <laughs> I was never on Hot or Not. I'm okay. saying that. I have never been on Hot or Not. All right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> no, this was, um, I can't think of it, but you had to, you would post photos. Oh. And in order um, to be able to post photos, you had to write critiques of other people's photos. And in the process of learning how to write a critique, 
taught you how to be a better photographer. Right. And the critiques were brutal. I mean, yeah. there were people on yeah. there that were just raw and brutal. And some were, you know, constructive criticism. I learned so much from that. This was 2001, 2002, sure. 2003, way back then. I learned so much from that, just trying to please a few a-holes that were yeah. so brutal, but trying to get things through. And I learned a ton from that website. And now it's, again, it went the creepy, too much yeah, too much risk. Yeah, too much risk. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. seems like a lot of those sites yeah. go like. The other one that was really interesting, this is not someone, I'm just thinking back to old sites. It was like called like Worth 1000 or something like that. Because it was like a, it, it's under the idea that a picture is worth a thousand words, and it had a lot. It it did a lot of critique stuff for a while, and then it switched over a lot of like Photoshop tutorials. Like this was like pre-video, so like it would have like the nineteen steps on how to do something in Photoshop right. written out. And, yeah. And, yeah, written out now. Now you know it's like a yeah. thirty-second video. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't thought about some of those sites in a long time. So yeah, I think I'm gonna definitely spend some time on five hundred px yeah, this week. It's because there's great. Like you said, especially. Like the Russian photographers, the Eastern European photographers that are on the site, they're killer. The fashion stuff is what I look at. I mean, that's what I'm shooting for. I want to see what's hot in fashion, so that's why I go there. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so um, just the last little uh, thing, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Any parting advice you have, you know, because you're such a successful photographer, any parting advice you have? For our audience that's listening, like maybe somebody that's getting into it or somebody that's established, you know, wherever you want to go with it. Do what you love. And I know that sounds cliche, but if you're trying to do and be like someone else, you're never going to be happy with your work. I agree. So you've got to, you've got to develop your own look and your own feel and then Learn, learn, learn how to do the techniques. Learn how to use your equipment. Learn how to use lighting. Learn from from people that you know are better than you that are excellent teachers, and you will grow. Yeah. But but to try and do it yourself and figure it out yourself, you will get so frustrated as soon as you start going to workshops. Going, and I say that as an educator, and it sounds self promoting, and that's not what I'm trying to do. But I know. The steps I had as soon as I started going to conferences and learning from other people, the faster I got to the results that I wanted to be at. Yeah, and I think that's so true. And I, I would just also, on that same aspect, encourage people just to reach out to people. It was like three years ago that I re- I came to Sync and I was like, I want to meet Kaya Bonder. And, and that's what I, that was like my goal when I got here. And I mean, we'd followed her for years. Allison was like a major fangirl of her for a long time. And I, I was too, Allison. And, and uh, I walked in and I was like, and she, we'd already met, you know, but I'm like, hey, she's not going to remember me from anybody. And we, I, she remembered me and we just started talking and fast forward three years forward and we're recording a podcast together every week. And it's really, really cool. Um, so I just encourage like all these photographers, no matter how big and famous they are, they're just people too. Yeah. So just reach out to them. So awesome. So that's really where, where we should leave it. Um, so everybody, David Beckham, tell them real quick how they can follow you again. Give your, I'm on Instagram as David Beckham photography. I'm on Facebook as David Beckham photography. And I have an ask David. It's ask David. It's my education site. And we talk about anything, anything we want to, everything's on there. And I'm an open book. You ask me a question, I'm going to get it answered. Depending on how busy it is, usually I can answer it in a day. 
the same day, but sometimes it takes a couple days. But there's a lot of other really good photographers on there, too, that offer some advice as well. And then my workshops and other things like that. Awesome. Yeah, you guys should definitely check his check his info, his his website out. Check out his work. It's, I think, some of the best in the industry. I've got an article coming out in the next issue of Shutter Magazine. I did, they asked me to write something every year for seniors. And I usually write two articles a year for Shutter. They... They're, it's, in my opinion, the best educational magazine out there. It's run through Sal Sincata's uh, Shutter Empire, and it is, it's phenomenal education. Um, I'm going to be speaking out there in St. Louis coming up, too. Yeah, Shutterfest. Shutterfest, yeah. Um, then there's, I'm also going to be in PPA, but that's just one of my, they had me, they're posting one of my photos that did really well at the last Image Comp. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool, everybody. So make sure you guys look up David Beckham. Feel free to obviously reach out to him because he's an open book. As you can tell, he's a super nice guy. Don't let his amazing photography uh, intimidate you and look up his workshops. I mean, if he's doing six-person workshops, that would be so, so valuable. So look him up and uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.